believe that is worthy let us just pray together precious heavenly father lord jesus christ indeed you are worthy father we praise you we glorify your name father you are worthy to be praised you are worthy to be honored today father only to you belong the glory only to you belongs father lord the honor the praise is father because you are the mighty one the one who has conquered death who has conquered sickness you have conquered anxiety you have conquered father everything that the devil tried to put on us you have already conquered father lord we are walking in the victory it is not our battle it is your battle you are fighting on our side on our side father you are the great five general five star general father we glorify your name lord you have the victory let your name be praised father the blood of jesus christ is our defense the blood of jesus christ is speaking better things for us father lord we are walking in victory claiming the name of the lord jesus christ you are worthy father we glorify your name father thank you for releasing us father thank you for setting us free thank you for giving us the victory that we can walk with assurance in our heart we glorify your name lord and we praise you once again Thank you, Father. You are worthy to be praised. In the name of Jesus Christ, we praise you, Father. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother John. God bless you richly. Such a good spirit this evening. Amen. The Lord is faithful. Thank you for the musicians. Thank you for the specials. Thank you for the beautiful songs. Amen. God is real. Praise be to God. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ this evening. Good to be in the house of the Lord again and to feed upon his word. As part of the body, we need one another, those who are here, those who are streaming. We are all one. Amen. Also want to Thank God for the service this morning. How many did enjoy the service this morning? It was certainly a masterpiece, and thank God for that. He was just crying unto you. You know, when sometimes you are weak, then he's strong. So what can I speak? What can I talk about? And then God says, I'm going to drop something in you. You never thought about it, but it's my word, and my bride is going to be blessed, and we have been blessed. Thank you, Lord. We have been blessed. Amen. Happy Father's Day to the fathers, but the fathers are only fathers because of the mothers. So happy Father's Day, anyhow. <laughs> Just want to say also Happy Father's Day to the elders. And sometimes some people have not been privileged to have maybe a caring, natural father, say, but by God's grace, you can have some elders who have been examples and inspired us. And, and we thank God for that. Still our fathers, amen. And uh, God bless you. And we thank God for the heavenly father. Yeah. So he takes care of us. He's watching over us. He's, he, he has never forsaken us, always looking upon us. Amen? So if we keep you along, the preliminary, just go to the Word of God. Psalm 86. 
bow down than here, O Lord, hear me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am holy. O thou, my God, save thy servant, I trusteth in thee. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. Rejoice the soul of thy servant, for unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plant us in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer and attend to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. Among the gods, there is none like unto thee, O Lord, neither are there any works like unto thy works. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. For thou art great, and doest wondrous things, thou art God alone. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. So the subject, I would like to continue again. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise thee, O Lord, my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forever. For great is thy mercy towards me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. O God, the proud are risen against me, and the assemblies of violent men have sought after my soul, and have not set thee before them. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and planters in mercy and truth. O oh, turn unto me and have mercy upon me. Give thy strength unto thy servant and save the son of thine handmaid. Show me a token for good that they which hate me may see it and be ashamed because thou, O oh Lord, hast helped me and comforted me. Amen. Let's pray once again. Father, Lord, we have opened the sacred book of life. Father, Lord Jesus Christ, we have read, we have read it, Father. We need the, the, the anointing upon our soul. We pray, Father, Lord, that you inspire this, 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 our soul, Father, to receive what you have for us, Father. We just pray, Lord, we are human beings. Uh, as I was praying with my brother, Lord, no man can, can, can help another man unless you use that person, Father. I cannot help another person unless you use me. Another person cannot help another one, Father, unless you use them. Father, Lord Jesus Christ, we just pray this evening that you'll cause us to love you more. It will cause us, Father, Lord, to have more faith in you. It will cause us, Father, to have, to be more humble. It will cause us, Father, to recognize the grace of God in our life. It will help us, Father, Lord, to see how, Lord, you have loved us from the very beginning. We are not just, Father, here by hazard. We are here, Father, because you predestinated us before the foundation of the world. Father, make that once again real this evening. Encourage us, Father. If there is any need among us, Lord, you know the need in the heart, the heart of the people. May you, Father, Lord, 
Oh, Father, may you send yourself the comfort of the Holy Spirit to meet that need, Father, whatever it might be. It might be sickness. It might be, Father, financial needs. It might be, Father, need for a job. It might need, Father, salvation for a loved one. It might be, Father, Lord, oh, Lord, just to have the peace in the heart of the rest. Father, whatever it might be, Father, you are Jehovah Jireh, the one who provides. May you come and provide to that need, Father. Lord, we commit ourselves to you this evening. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You can have your seat. Amen. I'd like to share with you this evening a thought from still on the subject of the union of the bride, uniting time. But I would like to read. Well, take the thought that I would like to share this evening from Romans 7, familiar scripture and familiar things that we know, but just as a reminder, as we heard on, on, on Wednesday, the good message to stir our heart, just to stir our heart by the way of the remembrance and my help. Romans 7. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law had dominion over man as long as he liveth. For the man which hath a husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man. She shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Amen. Praise be to God. Amen. Amen. Wonderful scriptures. We know that, just, just pray that this is not just um, something to, uh, to, to just to say or to fill in time, but I just want you to see that it's good to be a Christian. To be a queer Christian and to be living in this tremendous time that we are living. We are living in a tremendous time. We are living in a time of the uniting of the bride. We are living in a time where we can have real fellowship with God. Amen? And to understand that, it's just wonderful to realize it. Oh, God, that uh, I'm, not, I'm not myself. I'm, I don't belong to myself. I belong to you. belong to my beloved one. Amen? It's not just saying it's a relationship. It's a ministry. 
We are blood related to him. Amen. As he said, that it was in the time of Lord, so shall it be in the time of the coming of the Son of Man. So what was happening there, those marriages was between a relationship. Abraham didn't go and marry Sarah from another family. He went from his own family. God is not trying to marry someone from a different family. He's marrying from the same family. The same royal blood is, 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 is flowing through our veins. Amen. We are the same family as our husband. Amen. The same thing happened to Isaac. It was not another from another family. Abraham told Eliezer, Abraham told Eliezer, you have to go in my family and make sure that you take a wife from a son from the same family. So we are not from a different family. We are part of God's family. Amen. Praise be to God. That's the purpose. As we know, as we understand in this time of marriage, is it actually a time where we see we are being united to the positive. We have been in the negative for so long. We have been in the law for so long. Denominations represent the law. Or the law represents the denominations. We have been in denominations. We have been under the law for so long. But now we are getting to the reality. We are getting to the positive side. As we are getting to the positive side, the negative is start losing more and more its power. Now we are getting to the positive side. As you see the positive thing, the negative is not represented anymore. It's the positive who takes the preeminence. We want Christ to have the preeminence. We want Christ to live. The way I talk, I want to talk like Christ. The way I think, I want to think like Christ. The way I'm thinking inside of myself, I want to think like Christ. Everything about me, I want to be, to be Christ. Let the beauty of Jesus Christ be seen in me. Not my own beauty, but the beauty of Jesus Christ. That's what the bride is going through, and that's what the bride wants to be. Amen. So that's what we're going, the wonderful things as we heard on last Sunday. It is we are looking upon, we are looking, we are looking with open face, beholding in the glass, the glory of the Lord. I like what the brother, my brother said. He says the message is like removing the steam from the mirror so that you can see properly. That's what the message has come. It has to remove the shadow. It has to remove the steam. It has to remove anything that was making an obstacle so that now we can look and see who we are. Once the bride should recognize who she is, then the rapture will take place. We recognize that we are nothing else but himself. She is him. One of these can happen all in the time that you are living. It should cause us to live more for him. should cause us to love him more. Amen. should cause us, oh Father, for the grace of God to reign more. Oh, as I was reading those book of Romans, as he's saying, and maybe I'll get that one time, he's saying, let God's grace reign, not the law to reign. Let grace reign. We are not living in a time of the law. We are living in a time of grace. Let the grace of God reign. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is God's grace. Amen. You cannot baptize yourself. No one can baptize you. It's God who can baptize you with his Holy Spirit. That's God's grace in your life. Praise be to God. Paul said in Romans 7, Nay, I had known sin but by the law. There are many things that we didn't know. Then maybe we come to the message and you know about those things. 
I didn't know that cutting my hair was wrong. I didn't know that wearing this was wrong. I didn't know that things was wrong. Yes, yes, you know that, and it makes you aware of that. But you see, you see how Paul is saying in the same in Romans 18 says, For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. The message is not just come to show things that you cannot do. The message is there to show there is a way to get to the things you cannot do. God has to come and live his own life through you. It has to come and give you the power to do the things that you know that are good. Amen. That's what the message is about. The Holy Ghost comes to remove all the things we can say, I cannot do that. You cannot do that, but the Holy Ghost can do that. You cannot believe, but the Holy Ghost inside of you can believe. What is making that is the seed inside of you that God put before the foundation of the world. That's God's grace. Amen. As a brother Tom, Tom, brother Tim Dodd says, and I went and looked up in that quote, oh, you want to drink beer? Is that going to hurt you? Yes. Go, you go ahead. But before you go ahead, no, just go and be born again and then go and drink as much as you want. Why? Because once you are born again, there's something different. It's not anything about the question. I think there is no desire for a drink anymore. So you won't do that anymore. You won't ask that question anymore. That's what we want. Amen. So what is the problem here? I'm skipping here. The message through the miracles and prophecies of the first and second pool, many people were called and came to the message, but they didn't have the real, the real message the, and let me say, they came to the message, but when the real message started being proclaimed, they left the message. When the real message started to be proclaimed, some started saying it was too hard. The serpent seed, the seven seals, the mighty God unveiled, all the different things that we know and sometimes we take for granted. Some people left because of when the word was proclaimed. And they missed the real part of the message. The real part of the message, as I said last time, it's the calling out of the bride. The first and second pool caught only the small fish. The third pool is, is getting and has caught the real fish. The real big fish is you and I. It's coming to catch the predestinated seed of God. The third pool comes to deal with the heart. It's not in the heart of the flesh, it's not even the spiritual realm. It goes deeper, it comes into the heart. Amen. But what is the problem? The problem is here people still want the whole husband. People want still to be carrying the old husband on our initial thought, and initial conceptions, our initial habit, our initial conception of denominations where we come from, and they're carrying that into the message. But the message is there, you have to be separated. The old husband has to die. You cannot live with two husbands at the same time. And you see sometimes, not trying to belittle things, but sometimes you can see, I was a Catholic before, sometimes, sometimes I have to struggle with a Catholic Catholic conceptions. Oh, you know, it is the art, it is this and this and this. It's only a Catholic conception. You have to die to that Catholic conceptions, and now you have to have the head. You have to take the headship of Christ. Amen. So I was confessing with one brother who was confessing to me as a friend says, I used to be a Methodist. It's hard for me to say amen in the church. Because at Methodist, we don't say amen. So I, I was raised that way, and it's become the part of me. That's not part of you. You are a bride. You have to take the Methodist the conceptions aside, and you have to be part of the bride. The bride, she's saying amen to the word of God. I love you, brother. Still, you can hear me. 
Our own husband needs to die. Cannot be married to two husbands. The prophet said, the prophet Paul, here is saying that a woman cannot remarry an invisible union. A woman cannot remarry until her first husband is dead. She cannot remarry as long as her first husband is living. She, by no circumstances at all, she must remain single as long as her first husband is living. And if she should do such a thing, she should be called an adulteress. I'm speaking of the natural now to type it with the spiritual. If this woman will commit such a sin, then she is marked an adulteress. If she has two living husbands at the same time, therefore, she has forfeited by doing this a right to God and to heaven by doing so. She sure has. She is an outcast from the economy of God according to the scriptures that I've just read. So is the church. When she tries to mix creeds and denomination with the word of God, she can't be married to a denomination. She cannot be married to a denomination and be the bride of Christ. At the same time, she got to be dead to one or the other. And I skip a little bit here. Say, say, well, we believe this, but we don't believe that. If you marry to Christ, Christ is the word of God. Christ is the word of God. The beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word is God. Amen. So you can't say, no, I take this part and leave this part. Well, only like when we talk about this part, the other part I don't like. Because, uh, no, no, as we want to be married to Christ, we have to take the whole word. Amen. You can't take a husband because of this day. I'm already married to you when you treat me this way. When you treat me this way, I'm not married to you. You take the whole package of a husband. (laughs) You take the whole package of a husband. You don't split the husband. Amen? Are you with me this evening? I'm trying to get into, you know, I'm not talking about marriage and divorce. I'm just trying to speak about spiritual realm, spiritual realm that you cannot be married to to, to two different ideas. You have to take the whole husband. You have to take the whole word. What about us who are born in a message, so to speak, as we say? Without the new birth, you are still married to Adam. You are still married to Adam. You need to be married to Christ. Because the mystery of the, the mystery of the serpent seed has revealed to us the importance of the new birth. Without the new birth, you are still married to the old Adam. You are still married to the first Adam. You need to be, you know, first Adam need to die so that you can be married to Christ. You cannot be, otherwise you will be following two masters. You will be following the desire of the flesh instead of following the word of God. You have to be walking after the spirit, not after the flesh. Amen. That's why you have to die to the old husband. Amen. The prophet says, look at the lover. Look at the things that you love. Last time we talked about where is your heart? Where is the thing you love? Where is the thing? If your love is still in the things of the world, let me tell you, maybe as a warning not to discourage you. You see, you're, you're, still, hang, you're still hanging with the old husband. He needs to die. You need to remove the whole husband and be married to Christ. Amen. The prophet says, invisible union again, that's the reason we have to be born again. You have to separate. You have to die to that first husband. You can't live with it. You just can't say, well, I will divorce him and hang him up here till occasions. No, sir, no writing of divorcement. He dies. The nature of the world has to die. Every speck of it has to die. You have to be reunited again with another nature. You cannot take the whole husband and put inside and can and try to consult him from times to times. We don't believe in divorce, man. We believe in death. 
You can't put a divorced man and go back to him again. He has to die completely, so there is no way to bring him up again. Christ, we pray, God, that you kill exactly and completely the old husband. We don't have one want any part of him anymore. We want Christ to have the full preeminence. We die daily for, so that the life of Christ can live in us. We have to be loosed from the law of the abusing husband to be bound to Christ. Personally, I hate mistreating husband. Oh, some kind of mistreating husband. I hate mistreating husband. How many people remember the dream of the prophet he had? He saw the dream of that man. He said, man, he looked like his father, and he saw a woman look like his mother. But it was actually, and she was there, and that man was mistreating that woman, was mistreating that woman. And something came up from the prophet. I cannot stand that. It's wrong. I cannot stand that. And he rose up. He says, you, if you do again with that thing, continue to do that with that woman, you'll have to deal with him with me. He was relying on the promise of God. Let me tell you. Don't let, let the old husband keep punching you down. Don't let him continue mistreating him. You have to stand on your promises. You have to stand on the word of God. The same thing happened the first Exodus. As we know that the first Exodus is a type of the third Exodus. They were there being mistreated, being mistreated by the Egyptians, being mistreated by the Egyptians, but God sent them a prophet. God sent them a pillow of fire. God sent them a promise that I will take you out from that land. I will take you out from that misery so that you cannot be mistreated anymore. As you know, in the first Exodus, one time, God had to tell, to tell Moses, and he told him these words. Moses said unto the, Moses said unto the, Moses said unto the people, fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptian whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Let me tell you, the Lord shall fight for the bride. You just hold your peace. They used to be, to be beaten and mistreated, but now when they see them on the backside, they see them when they look on the backside, when they see the Red Sea coming back. They saw the masters, the masters being on the sea. Amen. Oh, let me tell you, it's a good feeling when you can see something that has been bothering you for so many years. Now all of a sudden that thing is gone away. Let me tell you, there is still power in the message to set you free. Don't be there hanging with the things that are still bothering you all the time and you get used to it and you call it your friend. This is the way I am or the thing, this is my sickness. This is that's not your sickness. That's not your habit. You are a bride of Jesus Christ. And they saw them and they saw the taskmasters being there, being dead. Miriam started singing and glorifying God. The same thing for us. The world may not understand why we are so happy. Why we rejoice? Why we sing with all our heart? They don't understand none of those things because they have not yet experienced the deliverance. They have not yet experienced what they have experienced in the heart. They have not experienced that you can be born again. They have not experienced that the things that us master used to mistreat you is dead. Amen. So don't look behind. Don't look at someone. Who's, oh, why is she singing? Oh, why is he singing that way? Why is he dancing that? Why is he so happy? He knows that he went through the victory. He knows that God had to fight for him. 
him and he has changed him and God has delivered him for the things that used to bind him. God used to bind us from cigarettes, from whiskey, from road houses, from picture shows and different things. But now we have been set free. Amen. Everything that bothered you back there and hindered your Christian experience died in the blood of Christ. Amen. Think of Rahab. Rahab, the harlot, we call her the harlot. When she saw the, the walls crumbling and falling, she was rejoicing because she knew that she's going to be free. She was bound there in those walls, but now they are falling. She was rejoicing. <laughs> Let me remind you that, 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 that Rahab that we call the harlot, she was not an unbeliever. She was a believer. She was a predestinated seed of God. The New Testament put her among the heroes of faith. Hebrews 11:31. By faith the hallowed Rahab per perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Listen to her testimony in Joshua 2:9. It says, "She said unto the man, I know that the Lord has given you the land." And that your terror is fallen upon us. And that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. Think about it. The ten spies who were Jews, they went into the land with the promise. They saw the land but still not believe that that land belonged to them. But God is calling the Rahab, a prostitute, a, a, a prostitute is calling Rahab and, and Rahab because of the seed inside of her heart. She recognized that this land belongs to you. She's believing in the word of God. No matter how the outside was, the inside had received, had the seed of God to receive the promise of her time. Let me tell you, you are the type, oh, Rahab is the type of the real believer. Actually, the prophet says Rahab is the type of the real believer today. She is the type of the real believer. God took us from the lowest place and gave us that opportunity that we can see, oh God, this is my promise. I'm going to the land. I'm going to the rapture. That's where I'm going. <laughs> Praise be to God. She did not see the signs of Moses. She was not with Moses. She had not met, this, she had not met Moses. She had not met jo Joshua. But she received the report from the spies. And she received and she believed right away. She believed the word of God. You and I, most of us have not seen the prophet. Most of the sun have not been the time of the prophet. But, but we have received the message. We heard the message. We have the tapes. We listen to this. Something trigger our heart. And realize this is for me this is for me who did that it's God who did that inside of you amen let's continue Joshua 2 11 13 and as soon as we heard these things our heart did melt neither did there remain any more courage of any man because of you for the Lord your God is God in heaven above and in earth beneath now, therefore, I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that he will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token. 
and that you will be that you will save alive my father, my mother, and my brethren, and my sisters, and all of the heaven deliver our lives from death. That's what we have done as well. We have received the word of God. We are keeping claiming for our family, praying for our family. We are applying the token. We are not trying to take a substitute. We want the true token. We want the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We want the literal life of Jesus Christ inside of us. Not a substitute. Amen? Oh, wonderful. Joshua 2, 21. I will be reading a lot of the word of God. Joshua 2, 21. And she said, according unto your word, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed, and they departed, and she bound a scarlet line in the window. She did not have to wait until the army comes and starts the walk around the town to her. It is my comment. She did not have to wait until the army comes and start the walk around the town for her to put the scarlet line. The Bible says once she heard that and the commandment, she put the scarlet line right away. That's the attitude of the bride. She's not waiting for, she's not waiting for Los Angeles to fall down and then start looking for the Holy Ghost. Now you already have a desire. God, give me the Holy Ghost now. God, give me the Holy Ghost today. I'm not trying to postpone it for tomorrow. I want it to be applied on my life today. Change me today. Transform me today. Make me be loose from my whole husband today. Praise the Lord. Everything Jericho outside went, went. Look at our experiences of looking at our life. Everything in Jericho outside of, of what, of, outside of what that went in the treasury of the Lord. Because Joshua, who represents the Holy Spirit, says, anything that belongs in that city is accursed, is cursed. Anything in that city is cursed. The people and what belongs to them is cursed. Except gold and silver and the things that you bring in the treasury of God. But the Remember, everything that Rahab had was not cursed. Anything outside of her was cursed, but her, she was not cursed because she was under the token. Let me tell you, the world is being cursed. But I will send you Elijah so that I will not put any curse upon you. Oh, amen. 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 Joshua 6.25 And Joshua saved her Rehab the hollow to life and her father's household and all she had and she dwelt in Israel even unto this day because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Remember, she did not stay outside of Israel. She joined Israel. I like what Matthew 1, 5 says. It says, and Solomon begot Boaz of Rehab. The prophet says, to put a comment on that, he says, Then we understand by history that Rahab called some general, I don't know his name right now in Israel's army, but she finally married this man. She settled up here in this, near this little place, and her son, Solomon, was the one who founded Bethlehem. See, a gentle is connected with, to begin with, a gentle Rahab, the harlot. So the question that I'm asking you, do you think that when Rahab was married to Solomon, as she was walking in Bethlehem, as she was walking in Israel, do you think that people were looking at her and referring to her? See, this one used to be the husband of that, or that, that, or that, that. 
All of the past was completely removed. And now she was married to a new husband because all her old husband were completely dead. She was completely loose from the whole husband, from the law of the whole husband. Now she's been married to she's been married to Solomon, a new person, amen. Walking in the newness of life, being separated from the law of the world, amen. She got a full redemption through marriage. Through from the low level of life, now she's walking as a, as, as a, as a, as a wife of the great general Solomon. Let me tell you, maybe you don't represent that. Maybe there's not a case for you. You were born a saint. You were born with the Holy Ghost of John the Baptist from the womb of your mother. Good for you. But let me tell you, I came from the low place. And Christ has to bring me to that high level to represent the called me and tell me, you are not a church member anymore. You are the bride. Amen. That's why the prophet says, that's my message to you, church. That's, that's a union, spiritual union by the word. That you are dead to this old husband. You are born anew. Don't try to dig him up, invisible union. Don't try to dig him up. He's dead. If you are born again, Christian, the little germ that was predestinated to you, it's word coming on word, on word, on word, on word, and come into full stage of Christ. That's why so he can come to get his bride. What we are working now is word upon word. God, add more word upon word. Because the more you add the word, the more I'm being changed. The more you're adding the word, the more I'm being washed. The more you're adding the word, the more I'm being filtered, Lord. May you add word upon word, word upon word. So we're just ready for one thing, that the coming of the Lord. There is your name on the book of life. The book of life is the word of God. Because the word is God and God is the only thing that is life. I like this part. So your name was represented in the Bible before the Bible became on word. Your word, your name was represented in the holy book of God before the word was written. The book of God is speaking about us. In the volume of the book, it is talking about me. You are Rahab modern. <laughs> Think about it. Rahab was the mother of Boaz, the master of the harvest, a mighty man of wealth and a family of Elimelech, as we see in the book of Ruth. Boaz married Ruth, the Moabites. We are the modern Ruth, they were saying. Put in translation from French, modern. And so you are the root of the present time. <laughs> it's the root of the present time. Maybe you have no better background. If you do some family, you got family tree, <laughs> you might end up somewhere you don't really want to be. And uh, the same for me. For if you go to family tree, you end up finding things even worse than more, more worse than, than lots and things are happening there. But we thank God that we have a new family tree. We have a new family tree. It's not the family tree of our first birth. It's the family tree of our second birth. We are born by the word of God. We are born by the seed of the word of God. Amen. We are the family of Christ. If you are born in Christ, actually you are born in Bethlehem. Amen. You are born in Bethlehem. What is the place of your birth? Don't write Edmonton. Write my birth in my birthplace. is actually Bethlehem. Because Christ was born, was born in Bethlehem. I'm born in Christ. I'm born in Bethlehem. Amen. 
You have to go to the book of generation of each of one. Oh, say, brother, brother Max, brother, brother Max is a, is a son of, a, of God, born in Bethlehem. <laughs> Amen. From the seed word of God, son of God. Remember, Ruth was first married to Malan, which means sickness. Then he died when they have left Bethlehem, the house of God. The house of God's bread, they went to, to Moab. The time there, then they went there, and Melon married Ruth. And Ruth was married to Melon, married to sickness. Let me tell you, the worst sickness is actually unbelief. If you are married to unbelief, it is time for you to tell Melon, I want you to die because I'm not, I'm not predestinated to be married to sickness. I'm predestinated to be married to Christ. If Satan tries to make you think that you are sick, tell him, my old husband Melon is there. Christ has already killed him at Calvary. Now I'm married to Christ. I don't look at my symptoms anymore. I'm free. Amen. The symptoms can be there, but let me tell you and encourage you, you are not there to be believing on the symptoms. You are there to believe the word of Christ. Amen. How the beautiful story of Luke, that I'll spend a little bit of time talking about it. The thing that you know, the prophet says, the beautiful type of a redemption. She went through all the steps, Ruth deciding. Something was pulling inside of her heart. She decided, I have to go on the other side. She, something was pulling her. She didn't understand all the things. You didn't understand everything when you believed. We didn't understand everything when we believed. We didn't even know that we would be here until 2020. We didn't know that. We didn't know that, but we still believe. Something pulling me. Something drawing you. Something pushing you. Something is drawing you to God. Something was causing you to move forward. What was that? It was not yourself. God was, was, was pulling you, was making you move. I have decided to go. Your people shall be my people. As people told Jesus, I don't know where to go. You have the words of life. We have found the word of life. You are the Messiah. We have received the word that is the Messiah. Where else could we go? You are the Messiah. Something was just pulling her to move on. I decided, Opa made a little bit of step. She moved a little bit forward, but at the end, it was too hard for her. She became emotional and everything, but then she stepped back and went back to the same old husband, same old country. But the bride continued to go. Ruth continued to go. No matter what, she continued to go. She made a decision. It was not the decision to be checked every time. Every time you meet a circumstance, did I make the right decision? Am I in the right church? Did I make the... No, she made the right decision and she continued that decision. No matter what came up and down. And she went to the steps of root serving. Many people want to skip this step. They want to jump directly to the reward part. But you need to be serving. You need to be serving God. You need to be serving one another. You serve God and you serve one another. Go to glean, do not go to glean in another field. They told her. Boaz told her, don't go, if you read the Bible, don't go to glean in another field. You stay in this field. You continue feeding in this field. As she was gleaning, as she was serving in that field, that's when she met Boaz. Don't go feed another place. You want to meet Boaz? Keep continue gleaning in the same field. You shall meet Boaz. Amen. Amen. 
Keep feeding on the word of God. That's where you're going to meet your Boaz. The next step is I'm saving time. The next step is Ruth resting. That's a beautiful step. Ruth 3 says, wash thyself. As she was going through that step, wash thyself therefore and anoint thee and put thy raiment upon thee and get thee down to the floor and make not thyself known unto the man until he shall have done eating and drinking. That's what we have so receive this instruction wash thyself in the word of God let the word of God wash you do you need resting let the word of God wash you let the word of God cleanse you being washed by the water of the word of God let be anointed under the anointing of the eager don't take the anointing of another age take the anointing of the eager take the eagle anointing that's what gives peace in our heart in the time of when the world is being troubled and going through anxiety and different things but let me tell you anoint yourself with the word of god put the remnant upon thee the remnant of the word of god the remnant of the holy spirit let that be your garment let that be your protection that's the secret for the resting step amen oh praise be to god Root 3, 9, 11. I'm actually to write to God today so that. Bear with me. I'll just skip things because some things you know. But I just pray that the Holy Spirit will make that life once again to you this evening. Here, look here, Ruth 3, 9, 11 says, And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I'm Ruth, thy handmaid. Spread therefore thy, thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. Oh, Lord, cover me. Peace of God, cover me. Cover me with your skirt, cover me with your peace, Father. And he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter. For thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requestest. For all the city of my people do know that thou art a virtuous woman. Are you calling Ruth virtuous woman? Are you calling a Moabites a virtuous woman? Yes, you are a virtuous woman. You don't consider yourself a virtuous woman, but Boaz is telling you, you are a virtuous woman. That's why Brother Balaam can say in the invisible union, you are pure, you are virtuous, sinless bride of son of the living God. Every man and woman that's born of the spirit of God and washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and believes every word of God stands as though you never seen at the first place. You are perfect. <laughs> Amen. If it doesn't stir you, what else can stir you? I'm perfect. I still make my mistake, but you are perfect. You have been washed by the word of God. You have been washed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You have 
made your decision. You have served him. You have stayed in the field. You have followed Naomi. You have followed the instruction. You have been covered by the skirt. You have been covered and you received the skirt of the word of God. You have been washed. You have been anointed. You have the right garment. You are perfect. Washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Sorry, I'm and the story continues. He tells her about the near kinsman, redeemer than him. And he says, Ruth 3, 18, 15, 18 says, And he said, Bring the veil that I asked upon thee, and hold it. When she held it, he measured six, he measured six, he measured six measures of barley and laid it on her, and she went unto the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Who art thou, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done to her. Like one time, Brother Aaron put that comment says, and I, like, I was listening to the message one time, maybe a long time ago, but I listened to it. He said, This comment is actually not caught my, it never caught my attention that way. He, he's now me, he's called her, Who art thou, my daughter? But she's replying to the Naomi, not who she is, but she's replying what Boaz has done to her. She says, who are thy, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done to her. Our identity is not who you are, but by your name, they say, my name is this, this. That's not your identity. Your true identity is what Christ has done for you. Your true identity is in Christ, as we heard this morning. We are going to identify to the blood. We want to be identified to Christ. Our identity is in Christ. Christ. Eve had her own identity only after the fall. Before the fall, she was not called Eve. She was called Adam. Let me tell you, we don't want to be called something else. We don't want to be from this group, from this group. We want to be called Mrs. Jesus Christ. You are Madame Jesus Christ. You are the bride of Christ. <laughs> That's why you take the whole word of God. If you take a portion of the word of God, you'll put you in one category. But when you take the whole word of God, it is mine. The word of God is Christ. Amen. She took six measures, but remember, six measures was not her satisfaction. She took the six measures, it was actually only a temporary blessing to her. As you read in the Bible, Dr. Scofield put it as a resting part. He says, Ruth resting. But when I'm just putting, when he's commenting on that scripture, he calls that as well as resting step. It's only the resting step. But remember, she had six measures, but she needed to have the seventh measure. The seventh measure was Boaz himself to her. We have been through the six ages, but now in the seventh ages, we don't want something else. We want the whole Boaz for us. I remember what, what, what the story, remember the story of what, of what Barbara is talking about, and he's talking about these children. See, Rebecca and Sarah, Rebecca says, and scam, oh, I have everything of my father. I have all father. Barbara looks at her, he points at Rebecca, at Sarah, come here, my sweetie, sit up on my leg here. And she comes and sits on the leg, and tells her, and, and she comes on the leg, and she Look at her sister. Sister Rebecca, I want to tell you one thing. You have maybe all of, of daddy, but I want to tell you, daddy has a whole of me. <laughs> Let me tell you, we, Jesus Christ has a whole of us. We are just resting on his arms because we are his bride. But I want to put this comment. Rest, amen. Rest. 
says this, rest Ruth because the man will have no rest until he's done the full price of redemption. Amen. Right there, that's where I stand. Amen. He will not rest until he's done the full price of redemption to redeem you. Everything that you have lost, everything that you was. Now remember the law of redemption as we are coming to the close, to the end of the service. All the law of redemption is this, that before a man could redeem a lost property, he had to be the nearest kinsman. kinsman. And the next thing, he had to be an upright man, a just man to do it. And then he had to be worth enough money to do it. And then he had to make a public testimony that he had done it. So he put the conditions there. He had to do things. He has to be a nearest kinsman. He has to be an upright man. He has to be worth a lot of money. If in order to do that, and he has to make a public testimony, he has to do all these things. And all these things were accomplished only in Jesus Christ. No time. Because we're not worthy. He's the only one worthy. Worthy to be praised. Worthy to redeem us completely from everything that we have lost. But let me tell you one thing here. Boaz could not redeem Ruth unless Malon was dead. If Malon came back in the country, he would have only redeemed all the material things, but he couldn't redeem Ruth unless Malon was dead. That's why you and the old husband need to die in order for the Redeemer to do his work. And we want to be married to the true Redeemer. Let the old husband be dead completely. Don't dig him up anymore. Let him die over there. Her redemption for Ruth was not too much about Malon property being restored. Or Elimelech's property being restored. Her redemption was that she was now married to Boaz and she will give him a child. Look at her life. The redemption part of the property of the things, of the material things, was for, well, was for Naomi. But for her, she needed to, in order to be part of Israel, she needed to be married. In fact, there is no rest without marriage. There is no rest without marriage. Can be there, courtship, and I don't want to say things that are not my notes, so that's why I'm kind of thinking twice. But you cannot have the rest unless unless you are married, because sometimes you are nervous. Oh, is she going to say yes? 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 And finally, engagement. Oh, she has said yes. Yes, you said yes. Yes, you said yes. But still not peace until you get really, really married. Then she's yours. Because there's still, as you still a time of suspense, is there anybody who can say anything preventing this to be united, this person? Unless that person, if you don't say it now, unless that person, you will never say it again. Still a moment of suspense there. Then nobody, then I declare you married. We went to that time of suspense because that's what, that why, that why John was crying. He saw the redemption, he saw Christ, he saw the lamb being there, but he was still crying because there was no one found worthy. There was no one who can say, I take her. There was no one who say, I will do. No one was there. That's why John is crying. But once he sees that there has been declared, there is one, weep not, John, there is one who can take the book and lose the seven seals. That one who is worthy, then John starts rejoicing, knowing that his redemption was complete. Amen. Redemption is complete for his soul. 
Praise be to God. And that time, prophet calls it the most sublime time. It's happening all time. We have seen the book being opened. We see our names in the Bible. Amen. Not the literal name, but the mystery when it's being called. It's calling our name and we're responding to that. Praise be to God. Amen. Oh, I need to move on. The final step for Ruth was Ruth rewarding. Just want to qualify that. In order for Ruth, she says, Ruth 3.18, Naomi says, sit still, my daughter, until I know how the matter will fall. So you stay still, you are watching, but you don't know in which direction it go until you have the confirmation that's there. But we have received in the time of uniting. Brother Banam is not saying already last time. He's not saying you're going to make it. You're wondering if you're going to make it. You are going to make it. As long as you are born again, you are going to make it. It's not something to see how things will happen. Let me tell you, the flesh will follow. The body change will follow. Is a consequence of what is happening already in the heart. That's why the heart needs to be changed. The heart, the heart needs to be united. Because the body is only something that will follow the consequence of what is happening in the heart. Full restoration of the heart is happening. Full restoration of the soul is happening right now. We are being restored to the full word. The word of God is being now pregnated into the soul of the bride. We are receiving the whole word. The body change shall follow. The final step for Ruth rewarding. Was it the rewarding full? Ruth being united to Boaz. That's what the prophet says. He was the only one that could. He had to be a kinsman, a near kinsman. In the redeeming army, he got Ruth. That was Jesus, Boaz typing Christ. And when he redeemed Christ, he got a gentle bride. So then you see, so very beautiful in the bridge between the seven churches and the seven seals. Let me tell you, Boaz was not interested to get the material property of Elimelech. When he comes, he's checking, he says he was not, because if it was the case, he knew that Naomi was back, he knew all the different things, but it didn't trigger him on anything about the material things of Elimelech. Boaz was interested in the rule, but in order to get Ruth, he has to get also Naomi, but his interest, his heart, his treasure was in the rule. Let me tell you, as Jesus comes and he comes, I come here, I don't come for the dogs, and he says, the first come here, I don't come here. Here, don't come. He says he came for the Jews. He came to redeem the Jews. But let me tell you, in his heart, he was looking at you. In his heart, he was thinking of you. In his heart, he was looking the entire message. There will be a bride. There will be a bride one time. I'm redeeming Israel here, but my heart is in the bride. Jesus is not interested in recuperating the physical earth. Otherwise, he would have done it when Satan tempted him in Matthew 4, 8. Satan showed him all the kingdoms of the world of the glory of them and said unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt not worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall I serve. If it was the material things, he would have fallen there, right there. But he was not interested in that. You know that you will follow, come back to him. But he was there for one purpose, to redeem the bride. Satan was only interested in the kingdoms of the world. The nearest kinsman before Boaz was only interested in the parcel of the land of Elimelech. 
Route 4, 4, 6. He says, I thought to advertise thee. This is Boaz talking to the nearest kinsman. We actually, Satan was nearest to us because we came on the flesh here. We came out of the idea of Satan. The flesh is out of the idea of Satan telling him, telling Eve to follow. This is 80 cents is only the idea of Satan. Are you with me this evening? Ruth 4 says, 4-4, four, four. And I thought to advertise this saying, but buy it before the inhabitant and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is none to redeem it beside thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. This is, a lim- this is, this is the, the, the nearest kingdom. He says, I will redeem it. He accepts to redeem it. Uh, except to redeem the property. And then said Boaz, but what day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabites, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself. Look here. He just said, I'll redeem it. They mentioned something. Oh, I will not redeem it. It means his heart is not there. His heart is only for the material things, but his heart is not for more than Moabites because he refused to take the Moabites. But look at Boaz, his heart is in root because that's what he got. There is something preventing him to get to root, but I'm going to go this way because my heart is on the root. And he says, the wife of the dead. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself. Lest I mar, uh, I mar mine own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to thyself. For I cannot redeem it. Think about it. Satan knows that he cannot redeem you. Satan knows that he has no power to redeem you. Satan knows that if he redeems you, if, if he comes, if he takes you into his, into his inheritance, you are going to mar his own inheritance. He's afraid to take you in his own inheritance because you are going to create jeopardy in his own inheritance. He is afraid of you and me. Amen. But we thank God that Christ has redeemed us. Oh, when he was going to Calvary, he thought of you, he thought of me. Amen. The devil himself recognized that if he tries to touch you, you are going to mar his inheritance. He better leave you alone. Since he's so stubborn, sometimes he comes and still tries to disturb you. But then you have to tell him, get it behind me, Satan. Because I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I'm the one purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. Look here, Ruth 7 says, Now this was the matter in former time in Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing. For to confirm all things, a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor. This was a testimony in Israel. As you look at this, Christ took all the legal rights from the devil on Calvary. The devil has no shoes to walk with. (laughs) He's one man with one shoe. (laughs) Because it has already been taken by Jesus Christ. Actually, according to the Bible, according to the law, Deuteronomy 25 says,
Oh, the brother already put there. No, Deuteronomy 25, 7 says, If a man likes not to take his brother's wife, then let his brother's wife go up to the gate unto the elders and say, My husband's brother refuses to raise up unto his brother a name in Israel. He will not perform the duty of my husband's brother. Then the elders of this city shall call him and speak unto him. And if he stands, he stands to it, he say, I like not to take her. Then shall his brother's wife come unto him in the presence of the elders and lose his shoes, lose his shoes from off his foot and spit in his face. First think about it. It's your duty now to go to Satan and take his sh- the shoe out of him and make sure that you prepare a good one to spit on his face. <laughs> amen. Because that's what he deserves. He is nothing else but the bluff. Amen. Don't try to pity him. He's nothing else but the bluff because he's afraid. Amen. And shall answer and say, shall I be done to that man that will not build up? His brother's house. Ruth 4, 13. So Boaz took Ruth and she was his wife. The reward is not another measure of the body. The reward is Boaz himself. It is the satisfying portion. This is the type of Revelation 5. The most sublime event. A love story. Boaz is the most satisfaction portion. The bride cannot be satisfied unless she is united to Christ and Christ himself. It reminds me of the satisfying portion that we see in John, John, in John, in John 4. John 4 is talking about the most used, in, I'd say one of the most used scripture of the prophet. It's talking about the woman at the well. She, she had a desire in her heart. As you know the story, she had a desire in her heart. She was running from husband to husband, husband to husband, trying to satisfy that desire in her heart. But one time, there was some man who had to pass her way. He has to go that way. Think about it. Jesus Christ refused all the wealth of the world, all the kingdom in Matthew 4. But here in John 4, he had to go a certain way because there was one soul over there. He had to go that way for you and me. We thank God that one day he came on our way in the school. One day he came on our way at work. One day he came on our way in church. One day he came on our way in our family. Someone spoke to us. It was not that person. It was Jesus Christ coming on our way and speaking to our heart. And she realized and he talked to her. Woman, give me a drink. You know, the conversation as it goes, give me a, to something to drink. And she goes there, she's talking on the natural land. And then he goes a little bit deeper. He says, you know, if you knew the gift that is speaking to you, you'll be the one asking me for something to drink. And she's going, what do you have to do to, to take in order to, to take water to drink? She didn't know that he was talking to her in order to contact her soul. He was there going to satisfy the desire. Remember how she then she asked him, you know, give me that water. Give me that water that I might drink. So give me this water that I thirst not, neither come either to draw. Remember here, I always like to say this. Jesus answered to a question. I don't think he didn't ask it. He asked, I believe that he answered to a question. A desire to thirst so that she don't have to look for something else. He answered that question. He asked her, he, he, t- he told her, go call her husband and come either. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Then Jesus said unto her, The hast well said, I have no husband, for the hast have five husbands, and the one you are living with is not even your husband. 
then she realized that this was deeper than the natural. This was the Messiah. I believe that you are the Christ. I believe that you are the Christ. I believe that you are the Messiah. I know that when the Messiah shall come, he shall tell us all these things. He shall tell us that you have been from denomination to denomination to denomination. You have been carrying this baggage all your life. But now there is be a Messiah who will reveal the secret of your heart. And you realize that this is the real husband. This is the one that my heart has been longing for. Nothing else could satisfy that except the Messiah, the Word of God. As the bride of Christ, let me tell you, unless that thing is satisfied, you will be, I don't want to be negative, but you will be, as a bride, you, as the bride of Adam says, you create so much, you, you, you will avoid so much problem to yourself and to God if you just get into the program of God. As a bride of Christ, you need to get in the word. You need to get in the relationship with God. You need to stay in prayer. You need to stay in the word of God. You need to stay in the relationship with the master. That's my prayer this night. Come to the husband, the word, who is the real satisfaction. Even the good thing has taken the place of Christ. Even the good thing that takes the place of Christ must be removed. The whole husband must die. So she left the sixth denomination husband and she came to the seventh measure of Bali, the true bread coming from heaven. The predestinated seed inside of her was now quickened. Amen. So let's come back to the story of Ruth to continue. She was not remembered anymore as the husband of Malon in the book of Grace. In the New Testament, it's not mentioned about Malon anymore. It's mentioned about Boaz. She became the wife of Boaz. She gave birth to Obed, the father of Jesse, who became the father of David, the king. She was loosed from the law of Malon. She bore a son, and that son, the Bible says, is a consolation to Naomi, Israel, the 144,000. Remember, the Bible says, give me a few minutes, amen? amen? The majority said amen, so those who are minority, just follow the majority. <laughs> I won't be long, but, uh, oh, I try not to be long, but. It shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life, and a nourisher of thine old age. For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. That's the same thing that's been talking to, to Israel. Let me tell if Israel could hear us, if 144,000 could hear us, this bride is waiting for the coming of the son. She shall bring forth the, the son once again, the resurrection, the rapture. Let me tell you, the resurrection and the rapture, it will bring restoration to the 144,000. Without it, there is no restoration to the 144,000. We had to go in the rapture. We have to bring forth Christ once again. We have to go into the rapture. But without that, there is no restoration. There is no restoration to Naomi anymore. And the Bible says to her, the consolation to her, this man, this bride, this son, this, this, this daughter-in-law, she's better. She's better. This daughter-in-law, let me tell you, this daughter-in-law, she's better to you than five, than, than seven sons that you would have carried through the seven churches ages. Without, without, without her, you won't become back to the restoration. No, there's no way for you to come back. But this bride, this bride, <laughs> praise be to God, she's going to the rapture. 
She's going to rapture for sure. I will just take this example. So many things. The story of Tamar in the Bible. I'm amazed how people are blessed. Who are blessing Ruth and Boaz. We refer to Tamar. They say, then let thy house be the house of Pharaoh, whom Tamar bear unto Judah, of the seed of which the Lord shall give thee of this young woman. The story of Tamar in Genesis 18, I will summarize it to save time. The Judah to whom the promise was given to the royal scepter, it was this promise, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Remember, remember Judah married the Canaanite, his name is Shua, she bore him three sons, Er, Onan, and Shelah. Aaron was wicked, the symbol, symbol of the flesh. God slew him. Onan refused to give seed to his brother. The Lord slew him too. Judah was afraid now to give Tamar to, to, to Shelah now. Because all the, the other one, Onan and Aaron died. And now he's afraid to give her to, to Tamar. He's thinking that this woman must be a husband killer. She's a, she has bad luck. She, she's a curse. She has a curse. She's, no, no, no. I don't even want to see her. Send her to her father's house. But remember, she was predestinated in God's mind to be the wife, to be the woman who shall carry that seed no matter the circumstances. There was something there trying to prevent her, but in God's mind, God already knew that Tamar be the one who will carry that seed no matter what. No matter what you went through this life, God knew before the foundation of the world that you have the seed inside. Nothing shall stop you from the rapture. Oh, amazing grace. How sweet it is. Amen. The problem was not Tamar. She just got, she was married to bad people. She was predestinated, the woman, but she was married to the bad people. She was part of the promise, but she was married to the bad people. Amen. God cannot change his thought about you. No matter where you came from the background, God cannot change the thought about you. He already predestinated you to be, to be the bride of Jesus Christ. Normally by the law, Tamar should she was not bound by her dead husband. We just read it. She was not bound by her dead husband. She should have been free and go and marry whoever she wanted to marry again if she wanted to go. But Judah gave this commandment to her. says, that saved Judah to Tamar, his daughter-in-law. Remain a widow at thy father's house till Shelah, my son, be grown. For he, lest peradventure he die also, as his brethren did. Then Tamar went and dwelt in her father's house. But she was waiting for Shelah. Shelah is not coming. Waiting for Shelah was a grown person. Shelah started looking around. But they're not presenting Tamar, Shelah to Tamar. Now watch it closely. On one side, there is God's mind. There is God's election. There is God's predestination. Elections are stand, amen? On one mind, there is election. On the other mind, there is Shelah and, and, and Judah. And Judah is refusing to make the promise of God to come to pass. So God had to intervene somehow. And this is a mystery to me. And I believe that it's only grace. It can only be understood by grace. We cannot try to comprehend it. You cannot teach it in Sunday school teaching. You cannot explain the keys to that. But it's God's grace. It's a mystery. God had 
to intervene in order for God's promise to come to pass. She took off her widow's garment. She wrapped herself and sat in an open place on the way of Timah, knowing that Judah is going that way. Let me repeat it. She sat in an open place. The Bible says she sat in an open place. Think about it. She sat in an open place as a, as, as a, as a harlot, as a prostitute. And Judah had to come that. Judah passed and he sees her. You know the end of the story. But when Judah will send the kid to go to recompense her, the people in that seat says, we don't know anybody here. She was there in an open place. Nobody else saw her except Judah who had to see her. What a mystery. Something was happening there. God had to intervene because his promise cannot be broken. And she told him, before, he, before Judah came to him, she told him, what are you going to give me? Oh, I'm going to give you a kid for my folk, for my flock. They said, no, you send it later. I don't want that. I want you to give me the earnest now. I want you to give me the pledge now. Before the union, you need to give me the pledge now. You need to give me the earnest of our inheritance now. And then, and then he gave her, as you know the story, he gave her, he gave her the, the signet and the bracelet and the staff he gave to her, and she got it. Once she got it, she knew that I have it. Amen. When she was behind it, she was united to him. She had, she had a seed inside of her. The promise was accomplished. She had a seed inside of her. She had the earnest of the inheritance with her. She knew that she was justified. No matter what will come, the, God is going to protect the seed of his own promise inside of me. Let me tell you the same for you. No matter what happened, you cannot be judged because you have already the seed of God inside of you. By our union with him, we became the very righteousness of God. Genesis 11. Genesis 13. Let's read it together. Because that's that my note. I'm closing soon. Twenty-five. When she was brought forth, she sent to her father-in-law, saying, By the man whose these are, am I with child? And she said, Discern, I pray thee, whose these, whose are these, the signet, the bracelet, and the staff. And Judah acknowledged them and said, She has been more righteous than I, because that I gave her not to Shelah, my son. Let me tell you, Jesus Christ is going to recognize himself inside of you. He's going to recognize that you have the token. Once you have the token, it shall pass over you, amen. She recognized, he recognized, he acknowledged his own seed. He acknowledged the own earnest that he gave to, to her. Jesus Christ, the same way, is going to acknowledge his own seed inside of the bride. He was about to kill her, but the seed inside of her was her protection. The seed inside of you is your protection. Amen. Other examples that I could read, but just read these two quotes in order to finish. Let me read first what the prophet says, or the Bible says. In Luke 7, 13, exactly the same word 
Luke 13, 14, 17. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day, said unto the people, there are six days in which man ought to work, and in them therefore come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, doeth not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his own ox and his ass from the, from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan had bound, lo, these eighteen years be loosed from his bond on the Sabbath day? And when he said these things, all his adversaries were shamed, and all the people rejoiced for the glorious things that were done by him. You know, they, that's what was happening. All the denomination was trying to bind her, bind the, bind the Holy Spirit, bind the work of the Holy Ghost. The flesh in your life sometimes trying to bind you. It's trying to, to contain you. But let me tell you, you need to be loosed from the old husband. You need to be loosed from the old law. You need to be loosed from the law of sin. You need to be loosed from all the different things, all anxiety or different things. You need to be loosed, amen, because your old husband has to die. Daughter of Abraham, in this Sabbath day of Revelation 10, be loose from the old husband. You are free. Whether the physical sickness or mental or spiritual, tell Malan, I'm free. I'm loosed. Keep holding to God's promise. You are Mrs. Jesus Christ. The prophet says, Oh, wonderful. future home of the heavenly bride and earthly bride. Now, that's where, as I said, when I get, musicians can come. The inspiration strikes me for something that I go back to find out the word. Now, here I can't spell the word. I can't pronounce it, but in that, the word has still give me a way. I go and find out what the word means, then I got it. Don't miss what he's trying to say. Then I got it again. See, heavens and earth will pass away. Now, this word means passing from one form to another. It does not mean annihilation. As the English word would mean pass away, it annihilated. But the Hebrew word or the Greek word here does not mean pass away. It means from passing from one thing to another. Look, but to pass from one condition, it says, to another. Now, notice Paul used it. If you want to read it now, put it down. You can read it later. In Titus 3, 5, Paul is using the same word. means regeneration of man. That man has passed from a sinner to a saint, not completely annihilated. You understand what he's trying to say? He said, no, the word will pass away. That's not saying the passing completely away. It's a change of nature. It's a change of nature, being regenerated. When a man is changed, it isn't annihilated. He's just a changed person. He has, he has been changed from what he was to what he is, not annihilated. Jesus used the same word in Matthew 19, 28. Now, 19, 18, 19. Now, 1928, he says to them, this is the prophet going there back and forth, you sat with me in my father's kingdom regenerated. You see, change. When you change, he used the word, he used the same word. And he used the same word when he said to the cult, said, loose the cult and let him go. The same word. Now, think about that, the title of just you. It's the same word to be loosed, 
Now you are being loosed, not that mean that you are a different person, you're still the same person, the same framework, but you are being loosed. He says the same thing at the resurrection of Lazarus, loose him. So when the word of God comes and loose you from the old husband, it's giving you the power of the resurrection to loose you from the old husband. It says loose him, change him. He's been tied, let him go. What does it mean? The earth will be loose from the grip of Satan. It will be loose. It will be loose from politics. It will be loose from denominational religious system to be used for the kingdom of God to be established here on earth. Let me read it this part here. But as long as it's the hand of Satan, Satan, the lure of the earth, he owns it. It belongs to him. But now Christ has redeemed it. One time I was his property, but now... But now, one time that little woman was his property, but not now. See, he came to lose the grip of it. He lose the grip of sin, of Satan upon my life, upon your life. And now we are not his. Have you not often heard me say in prayer, take your hands off of God's property. Amen. See, amen. Have faith to claim your own. That's your right. Take your hands off of her. Take your hands off of her. Faith will do it. Not I need it, but just take your hand off of it to lose it. Let it go. Pass it away. It changes. The earth will change. How many can say, Lord, I want my old husband to be completely dead? My old habit, things that sometimes I get so familiar to it. Sometimes it might be tempered, might be whatever it might be. Lord, let my old husband completely dead so that I can be united to you. I want my heart to be united to you. Amen. Thank God I'm free. Thank God I am free, free. This world of sin I'm washed in the blood of Jesus I've been born again Hallelujah Saved, saved, saved By His wonderful grace I'm so glad that I found out 